This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus. I wanted to remind you that the show is not intended to be a recommendation for diagnosis or treatment of any condition for any specific person. Please consult your mental health professional or doctor managing your ADHD or mental health issues about any diagnosis or treatment-related information that you hear on the show. Refer your ADHD provider to the show if he or she would like more information. Hello, this is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus, and this is our introductory show, or I should say our premiere show with video as well as audio. I'm still the great audio content, and I'm very excited to have uh, my guest, Kristen Swanson, here today to help with sorting out the, how do you get past the procrastination, and someday I'll do that, to get moving on it um, and learn your strengths to help you uh, look at what kinds of things to do. So Kristen is someone who helps people execute their someday one projects, the ones you've been putting off. Uh, she's a completion expert, a coach in cancer survival. So she's learned the importance of getting out of your own way and stop waiting till someday to get going. So she certainly, by personal experiences, has learned the uh, live, you only live once and uses that perspective and other tools and strategies she learns to overcome the illusions that we hold on to um, because of the fear that's in us for getting going. Kristen, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, and we've been talking a little bit before uh, the show here and decided we better start recording because we were getting into the stuff that's interesting to both of us. Um, so, and I will apologize a little bit in advance to my viewers because I may be looking down at notes or here and there. I'm not quite used to trying to look at the camera all the time and look at my notes back and forth. Um, so first thing I, um, that uh, comes up with, okay, how are you going to get go on that someday project is to know what your strengths are uh, in terms of, is it something you're going to be carried able to carry through based on what you can do and what you're excited about, or does it just sound like a neat idea, but maybe um, something beyond what you ought to try? So how do you look at analyzing strengths? How can people find out, look at their, their strengths? Yeah. So, okay. I want to answer that. And I also kind of think it ties in. I want to add a little bit to that, like the sure. bio intro that you did. So, so like you said, I coach people to execute their someday when project. And a lot of that is entrepreneurs. So I focus a lot on entrepreneurs. It's also people that just have a someday when project, like someday when I have more time, when my kids are grown, all the things that get in our way. I want to X, Y, and Z, start a podcast, create an online course, whatever the thing is, or maybe it's like move careers, that kind of thing. And so, so like you said, I got into that with the coaching and then what, what now what I'm finding, and this is just kind of recent, like in 2020, my daughter was diagnosed with ADHD. And so it's sort of opened my eyes to this world and I've really 
I mean, at the appointment where she got diagnosed, when the doctor said to me, explain to me what executive functioning is and how I could support her. I sort of like brought me to tears thinking, oh, I was like made to be her mother because this is Mm. what I do for my clients and what I do for, I mean, kind of on a daily basis as I coach people, because I just have a gift of like listening to somebody's vision and then a plan starts to form before Mm -hmm. my eyes. Like these are the steps that you would take and kind of the structure that you can put around it to Mm -hmm. execute that. And, and what, in my corporate background, I do have, I used to work for a company called Insights Learning and Development. So that, that is a a company that, that does, you could go to them and get a profile. It's like a modern day Myers-Briggs where you figure out what your strengths are. And so I come from this world of knowing what your strengths are being so Uh important, also knowing what your weaknesses are so that you can either delegate that stuff, get support with your weaknesses, just be able to express that's a weakness of mine. Hey, could you help me with this? So, so I come at it from that perspective, having lived that for a lot of years. And then I, and then I kind of come into this ADHD world and realize, and then what I was going to say is I'm also finding that a a high percentage of my clients have ADHD and that was just entrepreneurs. Yes. That was just kind of the thing that I've just recently realized that, Oh, some of the tools that I use really Mm -hmm. do help those with either diagnosed or even undiagnosed. Some of my clients say I'm not diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that I have ADHD. So anyway, one of the things that I am so passionate about is coming from that strength based Mm -hmm. perspective is I find that a lot of times when we talk about ADHD, it's, it seems to be very focused to me on the negative, like the weaknesses. Yeah. And I can't, you know, yeah, I'd like to think of those as the challenge areas. Right. Um, and yes. So, yes. Better yes, way to put it in itself. And then, and then but I... there are challenge areas that you can't do very well. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall into the trap of thinking, yeah, I want to do this. This would be a great idea. But then maybe they didn't have business school classes. Certainly nobody taught any of us in medicine, how to start your own business. We didn't have business classes. So we figure out, okay, yeah, I need to have a good accountant. I need to have a good attorney. I need to look at strengths that are things that come from like small business administration, being able to make a business plan and the format of that so that there are supports and references and resources um, that help. And you can look at the, the developing the vision and that's where a structure help and definitely with ADD it helps to have some structure and yeah. uh, things to follow because uh, yeah. when it's just all out in the ether then we can go everywhere at once right and I think some of that stuff is what stops people and mm-hmm. so so I just I have a passion for embracing the strengths even of the ADHD, really mm-hmm. like the creativity and the spontaneity and the ability to see the vision like mm-hmm. vividly clear and be able to get into the feeling of what it will feel like when that 
vision comes to fruition. I mean, there's just Mm -hmm. so much power in that in itself. So knowing that those are your strengths, I mean, that is, that's just something that, um, that I've noticed that I think could be so powerful if we kind of flip the and really focus on the strength of it. I mean, obviously you also need to focus on those challenges and have the tools, but there's Mm -hmm. something about like the two of those. So so the question what i typically do like i said there's things like strengths finders there's like the right another formal things yeah you mm-hmm. can go online take those assessments and find out what your strengths are some corporations offer that as part of you know you might like work for a company that that offers that and i think you can kind of do this informally in terms of just going about mm-hmm. your day going about your work keep a notebook with you and just notice where you lose track of time and you just love what you're doing and you feel lit up and mm-hmm. like it's easy and you're kind of asking yourself, can I really get paid to do this? Because this feels way too yeah. easy. Those are your strengths. Yeah. And then the weaknesses is when you feel drained and you feel yeah. depleted. You're having out. to slog through it and yes. or yeah, that's enough of that. And then you go off into something else. Sometimes a positive something, or I need to take a break and I'm just, I was going to look at this up on Amazon. That's not a five minute break. You and I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where keeping the um, the focus on what are the things that light you up. And uh, I tell, you know, kids who are in high school or college, I say, if you can look at what you really enjoy doing, and figure out how to get someone to pay you for it, you're set. Yeah. Um, and and I think the the structure of oh, you have to have this planned in high school, so you know what you're going to be majoring in in college. So this is the career. I'm thinking, wait a second, wait a second. That when you're 17, trying to figure out what you're going to do, at least as your first <laughs> career, that's way down the road, and particularly with ADD, where time is now and not now, right. man, what am I going to be doing when I'm 25? That's not even close to now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. evolving into things, one, um, actually brothers that I've known since they were probably 10 and 8, and they're now 25 and 23, and mother despaired of <laughs> at least one of them even getting through high school. Um, And he was working in summers doing kind of outside landscaping things and one thing and another decided college is not, not for me. And he stopped by and talked to one of the guys in road crew cutting uh, the trees down around power lines. He's now a foreman of three teams that do that because he, Followed that, got a job with him, kept up with it, does a good job. He's just loves it. It's hands on. Pay attention when you're working around a power line uh, and up in one of those bucket things, 20 feet up with a chainsaw. And that worked for him. And he just followed the things that he liked to do. Yeah. And, uh, um, I guess, determination and confidence to say, hey, I can do this. 
Yeah. And that, that's the perfect example. And I call that following the energy, like you're following Mm -hmm. the passion, you follow kind of what feels good. And then, and then noticing what is what there's like little breadcrumbs that you follow basically to lead to that and to just keep doing that because that's what feels good. And so what it really focusing on what lights you up and then Mm -hmm. you can always get support with the, the mm-hmm. challenge areas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and so many people when they're looking at this one, I'm going to do someday. And I think maybe people without ADD have those ideas too, certainly totally. um, yeah. with uh, the kinds of creativity and the things that come up with ADD, our mind goes to all kinds of things. And yeah, I, It'd be really cool to write a book. I want to write a book someday. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. I want to and learn so, how to play such and such. Or, yeah. And there comes a point where either you realize, well, there's today and there's tomorrow, and someday isn't on the calendar. Right, so right. And what if we do, don't have a someday? That's kind right. of my. How do you move we... on to that? And I think people are frozen into what well, has to be exactly this way. Right. And unless exactly. I can do it perfectly, then I shouldn't even start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I see that stop people all the time. I don't mm-hmm. know the next right step. I don't know how I would get there. I want to do this, but that feels too complicated. Where would I even mm-hmm. start? I have so many ideas. I don't even know which one to pursue. So it's that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And what I like to teach people to do is basically get into motion because taking an action, even if it's not the perfect right action, is a lot closer to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And just rinse and repeat and keep doing that. Then you're doing that following the energy that I talked about. So, so I really do think, yeah, there is when, and like you said, it's not only, it's, it's a lot of people with procrastination where sometimes it's, it's resistance. So when you're Mm -hmm. about to do what I call your soul led goals, something Mm -hmm. that you really deep down in yourself want to do, it comes with resistance, which I think it's similar to like writer's block where you, the thing that you really want to be doing. And so all the reasons why you can't do it are going to come up because it's resistance and it's scary and it's big and it's overwhelming. And so there's something about learning to move through that resistance and, and really noticing whether it is like a weakness or challenge area where you might need to like Mm -hmm. outsource or get support or is it just my resistance? And I need to yeah. learn to get through these uncomfortable feelings. And really, I mean, a lot of times that's breaking it down into the tiniest bite-sized chunk of a step mm-hmm. that you can't even talk yourself out of doing because it's like a 15-minute action that you are very clear about what you would what do and do. then you right. do it. Yes. So uh, I, yeah. I think the, um, the thing that stands in the way for many of us with ADHD is before we knew or anyone around us knew that we had it, or for those of us in my generation and a few uh, up to now, ADHD wasn't wasn't part of what you looked at. I mean, it was kids with minimal brain dysfunction or something wasn't right. We didn't know quite how. And then well, it was easy to see these eight-year-old boys, they were bouncing all over the place. So 
they have this thing, well, it's hyperactivity disorder. And it went from there. But there's so much criticism as you're growing up. Um, come on, keep at it. You can do it. How, you aren't okay. trying hard enough. Yeah. Well, um, you're just not good enough to do that. So we build up a lot of shame around, I'm not a good enough person. I don't deserve to do that, which, of course, isn't true. It's your behaviors weren't in line with what would be helpful, but it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Right. That's incorporated into the way one thinks about yourself. That's another block to, I'm not, yeah, I'd like to learn how to play the guitar, but I've tried that and failed and I'll probably fail again. Yeah. In this, yeah. So uh, these are the failure. mental blocks, yeah, mm-hmm. that come with the shame. So I'm so glad you brought this up because I think shame is such a big part of this topic. Mm-hmm. And and learning to change that those mental stories that you have. And that is obviously more difficult when it's been like years and years of time. Yeah. yeah. That. And that probably is going to take some therapy to work through right. that emotions or at least a lot of introspection and getting information Um, yeah and catching yourself in those in those stories so mm -hmm. sometimes when it's really deep you absolutely need the therapy and it is been over years of time and maybe there's certain instances that you need to Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. through those instances that you know when you kind of think back to the first time that ever happened to you and when a teacher or somebody you know really Mm -hmm. said whatever it was and you kind of have to work through those specific but then also it is the ongoing i'm just used to telling myself that i never finish anything i'm a failure all of these things and catching yourself and i am really training people to look for the wins like every Mm -hmm. day what did you do? Because you did do something. What was yeah. it? It can be small, even like I, you know, I ate lunch. I've been skipping lunch. And so, you know, I ate lunch today. So just small little wins. And when you mm-hmm. move your attention to all of the wins, you're yeah. where your attention goes, energy flows. And so you're then you start to just shift that. I mean, it takes mm-hmm. time and practice, but yeah, really. Right. Notice mm-hmm. what you have done, and then that compounds. Even if it's small little things, that compounds. And if you don't, and you always have those shame stories on repeat, then, then that compounds. Then compounds. Yeah. One of the um, circling back to the uh, take an action um, reminded of a story of Thomas Edison, and after he spent a thousand times trying, and finally got the light bulb to work on the thousandth time. Someone asked him, gee, weren't you uh, frustrated and disappointed that it took you 999,000 times to do it? And he said, no, I just learned 999 ways that didn't work. Oh, I love that. It's perfect. I learned from, I took the action and I learned, well, that's not going to work. What can I do next? But he had that action to keep on going yeah yeah and that's almost like a win in itself the failures yeah. can be in yeah you've <laughs> learned really, yeah noticing what you learn from each of the failures mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and there's something else that i call um where where I, this is kind of back to the shame where you i call it outing yourself 
you basically mm. tell somebody else, like a like-minded friend, somebody that you trust, what that story is. What is it that you're saying to yourself? Huh. And say it out loud. Tell somebody what you're yep, telling name yourself. It. The story that I'm telling myself is that I'm a failure, that I never finish anything, blah, blah, blah. As soon as you say it out loud, you 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 start to real. It diffuses it a little bit to, to hear those words. And you can also do this in a journal because even yep. just writing it out helps to see geez, I wouldn't talk to my child this way. Why am I talking to myself this way? Right. Mm -hmm. So, so outing yourself with these shame stories and then, well, if that's the story that I don't want to be telling myself, what, what's my new story? What do, what yeah. do I, how can I change that? Yeah. You know, the, uh, that, um, also is one of the things that Brene Brown talks about in her, um, yeah. of hers, I know fairly well is daring greatly which yeah. is exactly getting through the shame. And one of the things she says, name it. Yeah. And that's exactly talk about it, put it down in a journal so that it's there. You're addressing it. You aren't running from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just gets bigger and bigger when it's like in isolation. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how she says that, but yeah, that's like the yeah. worst. And in, uh, she says when, people feel shame, they tend to, or they do one of two things, either attack somebody else's fault or escape. Yeah. And maybe that's into video games. Maybe that's into compulsive shopping, whatever it is, but you're running from uh, what would help and what would get you going in the direction you want to, mm -hmm. because you feel ashamed about having even, tried and failed so many times or being criticized so much. Right. Um, and I, I really like the idea of uh, the concept of outing yourself and uh, yeah. sort of saying it out loud, even if uh, you write it in a journal, but then read it out loud. Right. That things register in our brain differently when we hear them than if you're just writing. Mm -hmm. So that's a, different way to to uh have it really sink in and be able to realize wait a second let me think about that um, yeah and get that awareness and as we start to um realize that then okay becoming aware of how you think of yourself um and then using some of the uh mindfulness techniques things in terms of the awareness of the moment then we can start looking at awareness of, oh, yeah, I really do get charged up when I'm talking about this with someone or right. thinking about it uh, yeah. and more energy in your voice. And so many patients I talk to, um, I ask them something. I asked a guy uh, who's a soil and water engineer looking at drainage and leaks here and there and um, soil composition and asked him a question about a friend's property and how he could look at it. The energy in his voice, and he went on for 10 minutes, just charged up, and you could tell he really likes the work he does and all this analysis of uh, things and what you can do to change it. He just took off. Um, 
And okay. That is so good. Yeah. That, I mean, I've never heard it described that way, but the energy in somebody's voice, I mean, that's when mm-hmm. I say, I kind of think everyone has a Sunday when project and I can kind of talk to people and figure out what it is. That's exactly what I'm picking up on. It's the energy in their voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so paying attention to that and noticing the difference mm-hmm. between. Yeah. I really like that. I'm not kidding. See, you know, talking about you know, that paper I have to write on the Shakespeare play, there's probably not too much energy in my voice. Um, but I want to be in that Shakespeare play that's coming up that has auditions. That may be a whole different kind of energy. Um, yes. And if that's part of getting there, then how could you make that okay mm-hmm. to get through kind of that uncomfortable step that you have to get through in order to get to that end vision. That's yeah. 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 So um, now we've looked at identifying strengths and a couple of different ways to do that. And it all kind of blends together. If you get that, start looking at the self-awareness and yeah, this is where my energy is really going where I get excited. So then you can start looking at what things are strengths. What am I good at? Um, one person, another uh, example from a patient, he's a junior in college and uh, he got a summer job, which apparently a number of people before him in the same fraternity, they kind of pass along this job and, and uh, excitement about it, doing sales, door to door sales. And he says, um, that seems to me developing along the career I want. I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert. I relate to people really well. Bingo. Exactly um, the line for him to be able to see, yeah, sales and door-to-door sales and the kind of cold calls, that's going to give me experience and using the things I like to do. And I thought that was just great that he's following what he knows he's good at. Yeah. And then, um, and there's something, there's something that that reminds me of where it's about trusting yourself too. trust, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that we question that a lot of times and there's, there is an inner knowing, like he just knows that that would be, that he would be good at that. And so the more you talk, and this is where like being careful about who you talk to about things, comes up. You when I say like-minded people, people that will be supportive, sometimes that isn't exactly your closest family members because right. they have their own stuff around that or they might want to try to keep you safe and not in, right. you know, like dream job that you dream of but they can't quite see the vision that you see. So mm-hmm. telling so trusting yourself and then also being careful about who you talk to about it. Yeah, but and really having, about it. Having a mentor or someone you can uh, who may comment about that. Now, I know this boy's father, and I can imagine him um, talking with his son and pointing out that, well, you know, you're really good at this um, because his dad is very good at being a dad. Um, And looking at, hey, how can I help you look at your strengths. And uh, now that I think about it is father has very much gone through his own career and ended up being a CEO of a company, owned a company. 
Um, and through looking at his strengths, always something, this didn't work out. How can I improve that? Uh, mm-hmm. And he applies that to his challenges with ADHD. How can I improve that? How can I make sure I'm getting good sleep, getting out and doing workouts and getting the exercise, realizing that those are some of the foundation things that mm-hmm. then give the energy to be able to get through the day. Yeah. Uh, and I think that sleep is just absolutely the main foundation of energy, mental clarity, remembering things, um, and the more or at least more intensity of exercise, the better sleep is. Uh, That's just absolutely direct correlation I see with so many people. Well, and that's something that I talk about a lot with, uh, I call it energy management, where, yes, we can talk about time management, and yes, there's all the tools, and that's great, and there's something even more powerful to me about energy management, and Mm -hmm. really conscious of your energy. And those are like the number one, I mean, sleep, exercise, nutrition are big levers that you can pull in terms of managing your energy. And then, and then that, that also comes into the strengths based work. It is depleting to focus all your time on the things that are your challenge areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, there are many articles in terms of, well, this is how you can improve this, weakness, this uh, challenge, look at what you're not good at. And that's the, yeah, the self-talk becomes, oh, I'm not good at this. I have to look at what I'm not good at. And that not good at is what yeah. resonates um, because I think we've gotten those messages so much growing up um, with unknown, undiagnosed ADHD mm-hmm. uh, recognized. Yeah. Well, one thing certainly with ADHD, and I've heard it uh, characterized when when there's a project you're interested in, uh, maybe you don't know the steps, but it's absolutely just charges you up. And people without ADHD, uh, I suppose I have no way of identifying with them directly because I have it. Um, but they look at, well, there's this step and this step and this step. And someone with ADHD jumps in the middle and goes everywhere at once, Mm -hmm. um, which then depletes your energy because you're excited and um, and it just takes so much energy, it's easy to lose steam. So having boundaries with oneself and with others is what helps you keep um, focus. So how do you go about coaching people on uh, boundaries and where to start, how to set those. Yeah. So, well, it feels like two separate things. So the, the, which steps to take, I'm really helping people with, you know, here are all the possible steps you could take. And usually people can come up with what those possible actions they Mm -hmm. could in order to achieve this. And then taking one at a time and really looking at just the next right step. It doesn't need to be the full plan. It doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. the perfect plan. It doesn't need to be perfectly sequenced, but you take one next step and then you know that by the time you get to the next step, then the other one will unfold and just kind of that, like that bite-sized chunk thing. And, and there, and then with, so tell me again where, where uh, there was a second part of that question. Um, There's the, 
uh, how how do you? Oh, the boundaries, boundaries. Yeah, the so boundaries. boundaries. It's really part of um, like no. This is again, I'm all about sort of like knowing yourself, right? So we're kind of back to the self awareness. But what you're okay with and what you're not okay with doing and not doing, and where you might need to have support mm -hmm. and asking for the support you need. Sometimes I see people get into trouble where it's kind of like signing up for a bunch of things because there's this like interest-based, I'm just going to dive into this and I'm excited yeah. about this and that. And, th and that's awesome because you're following the energy and there's maybe parts of it that you don't have to dive in and do all of it. Sign up for the, mm -hmm. you know, being the board president or you know you yeah, can yeah. just take take the chunk of it the, yes you're excited and interested in this and then what chunk of it are are really focused on your strengths and then really asking for what you need in terms of where mm -hmm. other people can yeah. come and support and it does mean being vocal about what you're gonna do and what you're not gonna do and sometimes yeah. people think that's rude or they think that's not okay to say that I need to be this yes person. And it's, it's really, it it's okay to be asking for what yeah. you need. Yeah. And I, I, uh, oftentimes tell uh, people in well, middle school that when you get to high school, yeah, there'll be things you don't know how to do. Um, and you'll have a lot of a, a different way of, of uh, that you have to set up to do things. you got to manage your time. And I mm -hmm. said that the important things you learn in high school are managing your time and asking for help. Yeah. Most teachers and certainly when you get to college, professors respect you for asking for help. Mm -hmm. That's what they're there for. They want to give you information and they like to see people trying to sort it through and asking, how do I do this? So um, asking. Yeah, for that's like the self-advocacy piece and really mm -hmm. even like accommodations that you need. Yeah. And the um, um, looking at how do you, you take that next step? I like the idea of you take the step, you don't exactly know where it's going, trusting that the step after that is going to unfold is going to show up. And it usually does. And the, and the thing is, is that you don't know that until you do it. So until you mm -hmm. start doing it and trust that the next step is going to be there. And then it is, then you start to build that self-trust that and confidence that, Oh, it's actually mm -hmm. true. The next step is always there. And so it takes a little bit of practice. Yeah. Yes. And you learn things. Uh, in taking that step that you may not have thought, oh, I need to know, or now I know what doesn't work. And I think it, it and this is a strength I believe um, everybody with ADHD has, and that's what I term an associational mind. And I'm borrowing that from somewhere in the past um, where one thing comes up and then we think, oh, yeah, well, then there was this. And you pull these little memories and things out of seemingly nowhere. Um, and I've got to excuse myself a minute because I have to uh, plug in my battery. Oh, no. Not going to let.
So the the associational mind is the ability to um, think of one thing and then that triggers another idea and another idea. And I think of it as if there's a goal, say the team is working at, you're looking at people who are sequential are looking at, they're taking one step. There's a mountain there in the way of the goal. can't exactly see how to get there. They're taking step by step over the mountain. Someone with the associational mind looks at this and, oh, yeah, that connects to that. Oh, yeah, well, then those two things, they're up in the ether. Oh, well, here's where we're going. Right. But they can't explain to someone how they get there because it happens so fast and you don't recognize where it is, or if you do, and you try to explain that whole path, people are totally lost. And I think that's a trap sometimes we fall into of, okay, I have to explain how I get there. Yeah. No, you don't. That's that's the gift of this, this like entrepreneurial mind that I'm talking about. Exactly. What you just described is why, and I didn't know this until right now, so this is so good. A mind map often works really well for my clients. So when I say that, like put yourself in that future vision, they can do that so easily. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in Mm -hmm. the future vision. You are the person that has done this thing. Like you know what your new identity is. You've done it. And then I say like just take an imaginary look back on what are the possible action steps you take to get there. And if you give them a mind map, like, you know, you put ideas in the circle in the middle and then the spoke out. And and that is exactly what you're talking about. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I give them a list, I mean, I've literally sent clients a list and they'll say, some clients will say, I I don't do lists. I don't do, I don't do priority. I don't do, you know, like that that doesn't work for me. But if I give them a mind map, if I give them that, like Mm -hmm. sort of more, um, I don't know how you say that, but that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's visual. And yeah. it's not just uh, a line by line, you know, to say to uh, whether it's in school or uh, after that, well, just make an outline. I, yeah. I don't know what four parts, how many parts does this have? Yeah. Do a mind map and see, oh, okay, there's this one relates to that. And well, this is an under yeah. part of that. And you um, and a number of them you end up with bubbles all over the place. Right, but it's so the powerful. That, yeah. and, and the two and that I've what? used have a function then, push that, it's an outline. It turns into an outline, yes. Right. And then that's the perfect example of getting support in your challenge area, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because technology can do it. But um, but one thing that I've noticed is, so what you were talking about earlier where you were saying, you know, but then I have to have the business plan and then I need to do this. And it's the, a lot of those things are that linear, you know, it reminds me of the prioritized list or the outline. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I've found is some of my clients will just, they'll just carry around the mind map. Like we don't have to have a perfect yeah. outline just start marking off when you do the things on the different mm-hmm. yep. poles. I mean, it doesn't even matter. You're taking yeah, action. That's what you need to do. Yeah. And that The outline may be helpful that you share with the people who need the sequential yeah. steps um, yeah. and want to see, well, how are you going like to get there? Where's this going yeah. here? Yeah. Here's the, yeah. The and then you can go on your, the mind map. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, 
And you can even hand it to somebody that where it is their strength to sequence things and say, just put numbers next to these. And then, you know, the order, the Mm -hmm. possible Mm -hmm. order. I mean, even if you did, and I kind of come from like a planning background, project planning background, where Mm -hmm. even though there are a lot of times a project plan sequenced with dependencies, a lot of times it changes. So we don't have to hang our hat on that. Yeah. Yeah. Not everything. I'm reminded of uh, an idea and a perspective on it that came out of a a book by a person named Tom, T-H-O-M, Hartman, a number of years ago. And he talked about uh, if people are going into business as an entrepreneur, and he looked at people with an ADHD mindset as hunters, back in the hunter-gatherer times, they were meaning to be on the move. They were attuned to what's going out there. If you heard a noise in the bushes, that was your dinner or you were its dinner. So you had to be alert to it. And the gatherers or the farmers who just kind of went one at times. And he said, if, if you're a hunter going into business, have a farmer as a partner. Yeah. Someone who does look at, Hey, this is when the taxes are due and we've got to take these steps. Um, And that, combination, which I think gets back to boundaries in terms of the the person with all the great ideas, they can learn. I'm not really good at the numbers and the business plan and predicting budgets and whatever. Hey, but they can find someone who is, and they realize I'm not really good at trying to come up with what's our next step and next idea and how we're going to. Um, right do that and relate to different companies or whatever. Uh, so they're setting each setting boundaries around what I'm good at and yeah. what someone else can help so you can move together. Yeah. And I've heard that term, this term, the integrator, it's called the integrator mm. role where a lot of entrepreneurs have this integrator person that is doing exactly what you just described. Mm. And then I, and then I, I have a couple clients where it's like they have multiple businesses and they're the, the yep. visionary for multiple businesses and yeah, they I, have multiple integrators. And, and so they just stand in their sweet spot, like having mm-hmm. the ideas and then feeding that, you know, to the integrator person that makes it happen. Mm-hmm. And they stay yeah. involved and can yeah, oversee it. Kind of that the, uh, yeah. you have the COO, the, your right. operations director that's okay we got the idea um, yeah. and i i forget which executive it is but uh he said when i get the ideas and i talk to the operations guys and describe the idea says and ask them is this possible you can be able to do it and they say yeah we can do that good go do it yeah he doesn't do the doing but he's described it knows and trust those people great because the the maintenance of the business that's yeah. not interesting anymore right <laughs> want to right. be in there with the ideas one of the other things i wanted to look at was in terms of boundaries we have to look at boundaries for ourselves yeah you know are there things you have to do and or, yes you have to do laundry, fill up the car with gas, get groceries, those kinds of things. Um, and things we 
want to do. Mm. Uh, yes, I want to get on Instagram or I want to uh, take a break. So I'll look at TikTok or catch up with someone on Facebook. And those can quickly turn into a time sink, S-I-N-K, yeah. where you're you're gone and you get lost in it. And yeah. it's a want to, and I like to do this, and I don't want to do those things I have to. Um, and so learning how to set some of the boundaries on that or pick different things for your break. I can just go outside, take a quick five-minute walk, um, right. do something to uh, sit in a quiet place and just do some good relaxation breathing to give your mind a, a rest yeah. Before you get back to other things. Um, yeah. So no, really noticing your patterns and mm -hmm. where those time sinks are, I right. think is where, really important. It works against you. Um, yeah. So that you know and are aware that when you do get on Instagram or, you know, start scrolling, that that's mm -hmm. like, it can end up being where the time blindness might come in. And then all of a sudden you're there for longer than you had wanted. Right. So then there's, you know, I mean, it, I always talk about different tools, like setting a timer. You can also mm -hmm. use that scrolling time as like a reward <laughs> if yeah. you have yeah. done the laundry or, and mm -hmm. then with the laundry and the dishes and those kinds of things. And for some people that's spreadsheets and, you know, different types of work too, that mm -hmm. they don't like a lot of times if it's like, sometimes it's like background noise or, you know, some podcast yep. on in the background or something that will kind of get you in that or, group. Or music. Yeah, um, or music. a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly with kids, um, you know, the young ones, three, four, five, um, yeah. where, yeah, it's, you have to pick up the Legos so mom and dad don't step on them yeah. or, um pick up the stuff that's all over the floor of your room. Yeah. Or in the getting ready for school, you have to get dressed and then you have breakfast and okay, now you got to brush your teeth. Well, having familiar song going and okay, um, <laughs> let's, let's see you finish this by the end of the song. There's yeah, it's a game. And there's also that, um, cue of like oh, into the end of the song i better hurry up and do this oh. and that fits in and so the same kind of thing is okay i can listen to this playlist or whatever while you're doing the dishes and it doesn't seem like oh it's boring all i'm doing is standing here and doing mm -hmm. dishes having something else that uh, makes it relaxing and more uh more fun and the yeah. timers i mean that one of the places I see the biggest problem on boundaries is I'm just going to do one more thing before I go to bed. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One more thing. And one, uh, one more yes, thing. Oh, I'm going to oh, in this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to get this out to the garage. Well, then you're lost because then you're going to get this and that and start organizing it. And yes. I knew I was, I wanted to get my tools in order and pretty soon you're out there. Great. You got the tools in order right now. It's one o'clock in the morning and you have to get up at six. Um, yeah. So having um, one person has uh, half the lights in the house go off at 1030. Uh -huh. Everybody gets a visual cue. Hope. And yeah. he says, everything shuts down at 11. 
better yeah. be in bed and ready because the lights are down, the Wi-Fi that's is off. Great. Yeah, that's a great idea of how technology can support yes. us in these things. Yes. I mean, use it to your advantage instead of the scrolling. Right. That, the lights going off, the Wi-Fi goes I, off. Yeah. yeah, having that visual yeah. cue because yeah. we're also used to uh, alarms on the phone and everything else that those are easy to ignore mm. or keep on yeah. putting it on snooze or just turn yeah. it on. And it, this thing's getting in the way. I'm just going to finish this. Um, right. But then yeah. that gets into the the awareness. What would future me like to tell present me about what I'm doing. Hey, good job. I have energy at three o'clock this afternoon because you got it uh, right. And you got to bed by 10. So you get good sleep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so checking awareness. In, yeah. Checking in with your future self. What would, mm-hmm. yeah. What would that person say about these habits even? Yeah. 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 And the habits. planning toward the future or looking into the future. That's something that, um, those of us with ADHD don't do well. And that comes from actual working memory and different functions in the brain. It's not that, again, we're dumb or we can't yeah. uh, understand that it's important, mm-hmm. but it's the way our brains work. Mm-hmm. And to realize that and say, okay, I need to ask for help. I need to have the technology help me to have timer on the light. So that mm-hmm. turns it off. Uh, yeah. Things like that that help us with what our brain doesn't do well in terms of fitting into uh, the modern society. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the other one with the boundaries is the body double. Like mm-hmm. having somebody else physically there with you while mm-hmm. you do the thing that you're resisting. And so one of the things we do in my coaching program is this thing called a productivity session. And this was before I even learned what a body double was, where we get on to zoom and mm-hmm. I coach them on, you know, what's the one thing that you're resisting? What's the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference on this project. And then I hold the space for them over zoom. We mute the lines and we all work on this one thing. That's like mm-hmm. really hard. And I have them, track kind of what the distractions are and then what the thoughts are that are coming up that like pull them away uh, during mm-hmm. yeah and there is just something and now i now i know that it's a body double um about the energy on that call yes. where things just get done and it's like yeah. power, power hour yeah and i i see many coaches have times with uh okay we're gonna have a group of 10 of us everybody's got a partner you're going to say, this is what I'm going to work on, and that's what we're going to do for an hour. And there are even at least two um, online. I think you get three session, three, three, three sessions a month on one of them, uh, and you can you know, buy more of them, where this is the Zoom link. You don't yeah. know who's going to be in there. Right. Maybe I've one person, there may be seven. And you yeah. say, I am going to work on this. So... And I know in college, I got more done if I was in the library and there were other people around and it's okay. That's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. I'm back in my room. Well, there's this and there's that and get easily distracted. So having that uh, took me a while to figure out body double, Um, but having someone else 
present, yeah. both working on something, uh, mm-hmm. or that person saying, no, you don't try on every thing in the closet to figure out whether you need it. You put it in this pile or that pile. So they right. can, um, yeah, and kind of remember this is what you were working on. So mm-hmm. kind of yep. can you go back to yeah, go back to the thing. It sort of reminds me of meditation where you're just like lead yourself back to where you were. Mm-hmm. And it's not a beating yourself up of like all the other right. places. Not spent, the judgmental part. Coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. 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 And this also reminds me of accountability. Just saying out loud to somebody else that you're gonna do this thing, you're way more likely to do it. Telling yes. people. Yeah, and that's that um, self-boundary in terms of, yes, I've said this, I don't want to disappoint that person, so I'm going to have this step done by tomorrow night, and I'm going to just text that person and say, "Um, I got it done. And that person also knows if they don't hear from you, they're just going to text and say, hey, how's it going? Yeah. They're going to say, dummy, why didn't you get that done? You know, you yeah. promised me. A supportive person. Yeah. yeah. Supportive, not judgmental, just keep you um, online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. and then the other one is just like the physical boundaries of setting your environment in a way where you can do this thing mm-hmm. and not get pulled away and knowing what your getting pulled away tendencies are. So whether that's closing all your browsers, like silencing your phone, putting it face down, putting it in a different room. At least put it in a drawer or something. Yeah. 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 Closing your door. Became even more evident, very painfully for some people with pandemic of, okay, you're working from home. It's not going to do very well to work on the kitchen from the kitchen table. Um, Have a different room. One guy, I, I do video visits with people, and so I, um, I looked and said, "Are you in the closet?" <laughs> yeah, this is the place that's big enough and quiet enough. So he had a monitor, and he's in the closet with clothes all around, but it's quiet. quiet. Didn't have anything else to distract him, and that worked for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person that we're talking and thinking it almost looks like you're in one of those old-fashioned attic rooms that have the, the sloping ceilings. Yeah. He said, yeah, I, I uh, put together, hung some sheets in the garage to make a separate space for me. Wow, um, yeah. But having that dedicated, this is where I work. This is not where I also browse or look on Amazon or whatever. This is my workplace, and if at work you have two big monitors. Well, I know some workplaces said, come on in and get your monitors. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What you need. So it's what you need. You have your tools you need so that that's work. And ideally a door. So you can stop kids or anybody else from coming in and interrupting you as you would uh, at work. Yeah, and that's just the have that environment set up. And so, if someone uh, say you want to learn how to play the guitar, um, again, maybe you can do it sitting at your kitchen table. It's probably better to at least find a different chair place. Maybe you uh, have a specific 
chair that you pull out, one that helps you keep a good posture. Mm -hmm. And it's in um, a different room than the bedroom or uh, dining room table so that you can just concentrate on that and not have these other distractions. And that's a, um, a tool you're, you're helping yourself. You're setting a boundary um, and looking at, okay, this is a challenge area for me. It's easy to get distracted. How am I going to take care of that? Um, yeah. And if it's the same every time and you go back to that one chair that kind of mm-hmm. tells your brain, this is what we're doing. Yeah. 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 And, and that builds on the, oh, that's what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. and helps keep that focus. Yeah. It's good to go back around and look at the different uh, kind of takeaway things that people can start to actually use right now on that someday project. Yeah, good. So where, do we, where do we start looking at assess what your strengths are? Yeah, know what your strengths are and really kind of heighten that self-awareness and paying attention Mm -hmm. to where those strengths are, what your energy fuel is, the things that really do light you up and where you feel Mm -hmm. good, limiting the energy drains. And then really embracing the strength of that future vision that you can see so clearly and and then doing that kind of, um, I think, kind of the order of things is what are those possible action steps that I could take? Mm-hmm. And maybe that mind map. The mind is, map for, so these are yeah. the possible ways I could get to this end goal. Mm-hmm. And then remembering that here is, you know, just the next right action. And I don't even know if we need to say right action, just end. Yeah, action. And, right. And, right. And then there's something that we didn't even talk about, but I talk about a lot, which is consistency. So mm-hmm. if you're doing that action and you do, it regularly and it doesn't need to be the same action, but just taking action towards that someday one project regularly, that compound effect obviously comes quicker when you're doing it consistently. So, and that comes back to a lot of times that's doing it in the morning and depends Mm -hmm. on your, you know, unique like productivity time, but a lot of times what's your good high energy times. So, so I often say do that, you know, even just a 15 minute action before you open your email, (laughs) before you, you know, have life come at you, all the things you need to do, you prioritize that one thing that's important to you, even if it's just for 15 minutes and start to see that compound effect. And then Mm -hmm. we're back to like noticing the stories that come up, Mm -hmm. the shame stories, outing yourself, remembering to speak kindly to yourself. I love the writing it out and then reading it out loud and just Mm -hmm. hearing what it is that you're saying. And then maybe saying, what's the new story I want to tell myself about this. Yeah. Have that again, verbalize that future visions. So you're hearing yourself say it, that cements it differently in your mind. um, And the, the mind map is great as far as the visual part, because I think a, a lot of ADD folks are visual and visual spatial in terms of hands-on work kind of things. Mm. Um, 
And then while you're verbalizing it, I mean, and talking to those trusted, like-minded people about your vision, that oftentimes you're almost like speaking it into existence. So talking about it with people that you trust is a huge step in the right direction. And what Mm -hmm. I find with these Someday When projects is a lot of people are afraid to say them out loud because that's how scary it is. So that, you know, but what I really want to do, I mean, if, if really, you know, time and money and I had all the resources in the world, I would do this. And then it comes out and you talk about the energy in somebody's voice. Yeah. (laughs) That's where it's at. And so say it, there's something about that. We were, you know, I don't know, told not to speak our wishes out loud or something where we feel like we have to hide it or we're going to do that. And I think uh, so much of the time we may have, thought this is what I want to do. And then it didn't work out. So there's that self-talk as we're growing up or grown up, um, whatever that means, uh, that it didn't work. I failed. So I don't want to tell anybody because then I would have committed that it's going to work and I might fail again and they aren't going to think well of me. Right. And I can't follow yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then that, that one, I think I would ask the question that I often have, have to ask my clients, which is, is that, that true? Is it really true mm. that you fake? Is it, I mean, it kind of back to the Einstein thing. It does, yep. And there's like a Michael Jordan quote too. I mean, where, you know, how many times that he, so it's, is it true that you failed? Do you, can you absolutely know that you have, completely failed forever. Yeah. Is it always every, really always, uh, is it really, you never completed anything? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and then those boundaries that help you move toward what you want to do. Um, And in terms of what your vision is on that someday project, realizing that's not going to happen if every evening I go over to Facebook. Right. Start uh, looking at YouTube shorts or something where you're just uh, scrolling along. It's mindful or mindless. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So keeping that boundary for yourself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then honoring that boundary. So once you do honor it for a while and you see kind of the fruits of your labor where you're Mm -hmm. noticing, oh, I just feel good because I did work on that thing that's so important to me Mm -hmm. instead of the scrolling, which is another thing that I beat myself up about. In addition to the, the, I didn't finish, you know, I don't finish it or I never even start Mm -hmm. on it. It just builds that self-trust muscle. So having the boundary becomes, I mean, it's almost like exercise. Like I don't exercise because I want to, and I have, I I do it because of the feeling I feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's that similar feeling when you've done this, it really builds confidence and self-trust when you keep, taking that action. Cause you're like, look at, I'm doing this. This, Yeah. I can do and that, this. that becomes your self-talk of, yeah. I can do that. I did it. it. Felt good. I can keep on doing it. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I think we've uh, come up with a lot of good action steps. I've absolutely enjoyed our uh, discussion today. And thank you so much for helping me uh, inaugurate the um, video parts of the podcast ADHD Focus. Yeah. Guest today has been Kristen Swanson, 
who is a person who helps people realize their someday when, someday project, and how to get started, how to ask for help, and just ways to inspire yourself along the way. Uh, Kristen, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. So take care, listeners and viewers. We'll see you next time. Thank you.